We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Jacob Albrocht, Tommy Kester. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 12.40 KFH. Welcome in, everybody. Sports Daily. KFH, Jacob Albrocht, Tommy Caster. Here we go. Jad Chambers producing for us a big-time reaction Monday. We have NFL. We have college football. We have college basketball to get through today. A really jam-packed show. Welcome in, everybody. 869-1240 is the number to call. We will get into all of it here on the program today. We'll react to the Chiefs. We'll react to uh, react to KU and K-State football. Shocker basketball. I know there's some angry Shocker fans out there. That's coming up in the second hour as we make our way through this Monday. Tommy, happy Monday. How are you today? You know, I'm good. It was a weekend full of a lot of yelling. I yelled at my football teams. I yelled at my hockey team. Did a lot of yelling. My voice is a little under the weather today. I feel fine, but uh, it was one of those weekends where I just did a lot of yelling at the TV. I hear you. Uh, I hear you. It's uh, it was one of those. I I did a little yelling. Um, I did some head shaking. Um, I had a good betting weekend. I don't know how my picks turned out. I don't log those. I always find out from Jad, and he'll get those to us in just a little bit. But my 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 picks for money, my betting picks, actually had a really good weekend. Uh, so you know that makes that makes that makes Mondays a little easier when you know the Shockers lose to Alcorn State and feel like KU has a chance to win that football game and a couple other things happen that might make you a little upset. You win some bets, feel a little bit better about life. Uh, Let's start in the NFL, Tommy, as we typically do on a Monday. The Chiefs and the Jaguars. The Chiefs um, get outscored in the second half, which was really interesting, but overall, at a bird's-eye view, and we'll get into the minutiae of this game, but at a bird's-eye view, Patrick Mahomes only threw 35 times instead of 69 times or 68 times, whatever it was last week, Uh, they committed to the run. They stuck with that a little bit, which seems to help everything. Um, Trevor Lawrence was okay, but I thought even more impressive, they bottled up Travis Etienne, who had been really good for Jacksonville uh, since he's sort of taken over that starting role. I think all in all, just at the surface, 
that's a satisfying Chiefs win after we watched the Titans game, right? Uh, yeah, definitely. It was a much more balanced attack uh, from what we saw a week ago against Tennessee. Um, you know, really, honestly, running the football with Isaiah Pacheco seemed to work, and it took some of that pressure off Patrick Mahomes' shoulders. Pacheco did have that fumble in the first half. Um, and at that point, I kind of thought, man, like, I I'm not sure if I have any confidence in the running backs whatsoever. Clyde Edwards E. looks fully benched. He didn't log a single carry yesterday. Uh, he had one target in passing, didn't have a catch. Um, so that's not good. But Pacheco stuck with it. Andy Reid stuck with him, and he finished with 82 yards on the ground. That really helped out quite a bit, and it allowed Patrick Mahomes to do the play fake, you know, multiple times it seemed to work. He was able to find Travis Kelsey over the middle. And then, yeah, defensively, uh, really the the effort, especially at the second level, the linebackers had a great game. Nick Bolton was all over the place. The defensive line manhandled the Jaguars' offensive line. It was a pretty complete performance. Special teams uh, had some issues like we've seen in, in previous weeks. But other than that, it really seemed like that game kind of played out the way that Kansas City wanted it to. Yeah, it was... Um... I, I liked it. I didn't like in the second half that they got outscored. I thought that was weird. I didn't like the hit on Juju Smith-Schuster, obviously. Um, I thought that that dude should have been thrown out of the game. Um, you know, and then you watch the it, – it's just – and, it, and I get it. They're different crews. But on Sunday Night Football, you had a 49ers player toss that maybe was just a little bit borderline, certainly didn't seem malicious. And then the same dude basically within, what, five plays – has a horrible hit on Juju and then another bad hit on MVS and and he's dancing around you just you can't have it if you're the NFL and that's just the bottom line look people can like it not like it doesn't matter if you're the NFL headshots have got to go period end of sent like that's it you got to you got to be done with it so when that happens guys have got to get tossed because the reality is you may be I don't think he's out there trying to hurt people, but if you can't learn how to not hit that way, you can't play in the NFL, Tommy. It's that simple. Like, you've got to go. If you can't figure out how to not lower the crown of your helmet and lead with it, then you don't get to play football in the NFL because it is the greatest risk to football in general is to see those kinds of hits because parents aren't going to let their kids play football. I mean, it, it's a tough discussion anyway. But if you're not doing everything you can to get that out of there, and I feel like it is getting out of there in high school and college, probably a little bit more than the NFL, because what do they do in college, Tommy? They, they toss them. If they say targeting, they're out. Like, they get rid of them. We see guys tossed all the time, even when they don't need it. And, and I think that helps. Yeah, I think it does, too. I mean, really, honestly, the fact of the matter is that not only was the injury itself uh, brutal and terrible to watch, but the fact that the the ref crew picked up the flag and then later said in post game that it was a shoulder to shoulder when it clearly was not, yeah, it was helmet saying. to helmet. <laughs> I mean, come on. I, like my opinion is that I don't feel like anybody can believe the NFL when they say they are truly dedicated to player safety because they, they say one thing and then they do another. And some of it might be um, the way that these, you know, referee crews are, um, are placed in games and what they're taught to look for and all of that. But at the same time, there's been such a focus on roughing the passer. We've seen calls that shouldn't have been made that in no way, shape or form uh, even closely resemble roughing the passer. And then you have a blatant over the middle for the entire world to see just blast on the head of Juju Smith-Schuster and nothing happens. So 
they want the NFL as a whole, and this might be a different discussion for a different day, but my opinion is that the NFL, they want to look like they care about player safety, but ultimately I'm not sure that that's the number one priority. I think the number one priority is just making sure that they at least look like they're doing something because the fact well, that there was nothing going on there, like there was, there was no penalty. There was no um, ejection. There was nothing on Cisco from Jacksonville. That's egregious. Yeah. You just got to, you just have to review it and toss them. I mean, just like you do in college, you take a look at it after, even if it's not intentional, if it's illegal, they get tossed. I mean, you got to simplify that process. And I think it can be simplified. And maybe, maybe I'm not as callous on they don't care about player safety, but I think they do care about their bottom line, and their bottom line's in danger yeah. if they don't fix that problem. Let's We've got some audio here Jad has. Let's take you through. We're going to take you through the call of the Juju play and then get some post-game reaction to it. So first, uh, the voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holtis, on the play itself. In the pocket, Mahomes under pressure, dumps it over the middle, caught now, broken up as a flag will be thrown on the play, and Juju Smith-Schuster is injured. He took a shot. This may be a personal foul penalty on the Jaguars. Takes a shot to the head, and this does not look good for Juju Smith-Schuster. Juju Smith-Schuster takes a helmet-to-helmet hit from the safety, Andre Sisco. All right, now what we're going to do is let Jad play a few different cuts here. You'll hear from Marquez Valdez-Scantling, You'll hear from Patrick Mahomes, and you'll hear from Andy Reid uh, on the reaction after the game to that injury. Those kind of hits are, you know, not welcome in this game, man, because, you know, we are all playing, you know, and, and putting our lives on the line, you know, every single play. And you never want to see a guy go down like that. Um, and then for me to come in and get the same kind of hit two plays later and there's no no flag, no penalty, you know, you know are, are they protecting us? You know, because, you know, as a, as a wideout, there's not many things that we can do uh, when the ball's in the air. Know, to protect ourselves and we got two guys go down the same type of injury um, you know within three plays uh, it's it's not fair to, to the guys who put their lives on the line obviously I don't think there was like any ill intent from the player I mean he's just trying to knock the ball loose and and do stuff like that but uh obviously there was some helmet to helmet contact and um, we, we want to get that out of the league as much as possible to get the, for player safety. So if we can review that and kind of make it to where there can be some type of penalty or something, uh, I mean, obviously you want to get that stuff out of the league as much. That's not a good feeling at all. And uh, that's what I tried to explain to, to the officials there, that um, guys don't get hit in the shoulder and lay around like that right there. And, you know, there's more to it. Somewhere the head was involved. And, and so that's what the rules put in for, for that type of thing. Perfect, I think, reaction from all three. MVS giving you the perspective of what it's like to play receiver and be vulnerable every time. Mahomes giving the perspective of even if there wasn't intent and he didn't think there was, you've got to get rid of it. And Andy Reid with the logical explanation of, we saw a clear reaction to getting hit in the head. We know what that looks like. It was the same reaction of the hand of Juju that we saw from Tua. Have some common sense. If a guy reacts that way, he clearly didn't get hit in the shoulder. So just go back and look at it. Call that flag and call that penalty and make that ejection in retrospect. No big deal. Like, just go take a look at it. They do it in college, and, it, and it's not – it's simple. Like, it's not that big a deal. And all the time, Tommy, in college, we think, man, that's tough. That really sucks that that guy got tossed. Maybe he didn't deserve it. But you know what? We're all pretty okay with it. Right, even when it goes against our team, it's like, ah, that that is really unfortunate that that happened, but it did. 
the play with the Niners. I think it was Greenlaw last night. You know, Chris Collinsworth was a little upset at it because he got pushed and, and it changed the trajectory. I don't think this is one of those spots where you need a lot of nuance. If helmets collide, you gotta just you you gotta do it. Is it gonna be unfair sometimes? Yes, of course it will be. That's okay. I don't I don't think that's a that's so bad that it's gonna change. What's so bad is seeing a guy on the ground knocked out like that. That's bad. Having a guy tossed when maybe it wasn't totally intentional or even his fault. That's annoying. But that's not necessarily bad let's go to the phone lines earl wants to weigh in on the chiefs hey earl what's on your mind hey real quick i gotta give you the fans perspective after all that a couple weeks ago when chris jones took the fumble and was called for roughing the passer i said man the integrity of the game is in question because it doesn't look right on this play they put in a rule specifically to keep this from happening and they threw a flag on the play it was flagged but then they came and picked the flag up. The integrity of the game, when it does not look like the rules say it's supposed to look, makes all of us fans go, wow, is this associated with the gambling thing? Because all of a sudden that game goes from, you know, a first down, the Chiefs maybe go up 21 to nothing, to them having to punt, which changes a lot at that moment. But from the fans' perspective, if you have a rule, that's specific. I mean, that's the only reason they made the rule to, for that hit, that exact hit. And you throw a flag, then all of a sudden you pick it up. None of that makes sense from the outside looking in. That it, What is going on where all of a sudden that flag gets picked up then? So from a, pa- a fan's perspective, it does not look right. It does not hold up to the smell test. So the integrity of the game, besides player safety, is on the line from the uh, – you know, honestly, from my point of view. Yeah, we appreciate it, Earl. Thank you for calling and always the great insight. Yeah, that's the other risk that the NFL is fully aware of. And and the reality is if they they did call the Chris Jones thing because they thought he put his body weight in, a review would have shown that that didn't happen, but they called it based in the spirit of the rule. So, But we were mad about that too. So it is sort of a damned if you do, damned if you don't thing for the NFL, right? Because they were extra safe on the Jones call and they made the wrong call. They were not safe enough on this call and they made the wrong call. I, I do think the solution at some point when it comes to player safety plays, which both of these would qualify, that yeah, that we have to try the review thing. It's a little bit different than pass interference because it is a player safety issue. It's not as much of a... You know, it's not as much of a subjective, like, technique of of making a defensive play. These are pretty clear. You just, if it's a personal foul, if it's related to player safety, which both of those calls would have been, take a quick look and see if you can't solve it. They absolutely would have solved the Juju hit yesterday. I don't know if they would have solved the Chris Jones hit, but they would have solved that one yesterday. Had they gone on and looked at that, it would have been, I mean, it's like, oh, my God, like, that was helmet to helmet. He's got to go. And it wouldn't take that long either. It would take like five minutes on that play to check that out. Yeah, the bottom line is that there are a lot of words that we've thrown out in the last few minutes, like the word nuance and the word spirit of the rule and um, intent and all. Like you don't, you don't even need any of that. Right. If you're reviewing literally a helmet to helmet hit, you don't have to worry about intent. You don't have to worry about any kind of subjective opinion or nuance or the spirit of the rule. Literally, if a helmet hits a helmet. 
that's a violation of the rule. Like it shouldn't be a penalty that, at least. Yes. Right. Absolutely. And I, I don't necessarily think that it automatically should warrant an ejection. Right. That's where nuance comes penalty, in. That's where the yeah. nuance comes in. But if, yeah. if it's simply a helmet to helmet, you can get all of that subjective stuff out of the way and just call the penalty. And so what I thought was the most egregious out of all of it was the fact that they threw the flag. Then they picked it up. Like initially the thought was, yeah, there's a penalty there. Then they picked the flag up which didn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Yeah, it's hard. It, look, we're going to be, and and I will say this too, it happened to the team we follow. If it was the other way around, there probably wouldn't be the same vitriol, but that's being a fan, and I get it. Um, you, you just, this thing seems simple enough that they can get it fixed, right? The, the two is situation with the spotter, basically, makes some sense. And it's going to be inconvenient, annoying sometimes, but it's going to accomplish a bigger goal. This one, just take a quick look. If you think there might be helmet to helmet, you take a quick peek. If there was helmet to helmet, it's at least a penalty. If you think that it was egregious, you toss the player. If it was, you know, that's it. It's that's it. We do it in college. That's the thing with this one is we have the example. It's it's in college, the targeting rule, and and it it's fairly, you know, I I don't have a lot of problems with the college rule. Sometimes players get put in unfortunate spots. Okay, so what? Like that's just a part of it now. That's a part of that's a part of the way that we have to approach these head injuries. So there we go. Let's talk a little bit before we take a break about the rest of this Chiefs game and a couple other things, Tommy. Um Kadarius Tony, here we go. This is interesting. Um he had a play as a receiver and he had a play as a runner that were pretty big plays. Jad'll take us to one of those, including his first touchdown as a Kansas City Chief. Mahomes, Pacheco, they fake a jet action. Mahomes wants to throw the ball, slings it wide open right side. Kadarius Tony walks the tightrope and is hopping into the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City. Is it football or gymnastics? Kadarius Tony lands it for a gold medal and his first National Football League touchdown. So this is interesting, Tommy, with Tony. We knew about his talent, and obviously he's bought in and healthy for now uh, with the Chiefs. He's a really talented player. That was on display yesterday. Dude can play football. If he gets his head in the game and stays on the field and does all these things, he's going to be a weapon. Because I think he's probably, raw talent-wise, even better than Hardman. And I think the way we saw him used yesterday makes me think he's the Hardman replacement by design in this because they used him that way when Hardman was injured. I'll be real curious to see how they use them both, if they're both healthy. Um, so I think that's the role he fills down the road. What he does this year, we'll see. I don't know what's going to happen with Juju, and I don't know who's going to fill that role because that would feel like more of what Sky Moore should be doing by the way the player plays the game. Now, I don't know if that's going to happen. We'll find out if Juju's able to go with this injury now. MVS is a different kind of player. So they have some interesting things happening at that position here, Tommy. They were fine yesterday, right? They they acclimated and moved guys around, and it was no big deal. But I think we got a taste there of why they were willing to give up a third for Tony. He's really, really talented with the ball in his hands. Yeah, he is. He's an athlete um, by, by every stretch of the imagination. And the fact that Hardman was injured and then Juju went out of the game, MVS missed a few plays. They needed Kadarius Tony in that game. They're going to need him moving forward. And so the fact that he's bought in, the fact that he's healthy right now, um, 
both in the short term and the long term, this looks like a, a great deal that Brett Veach made a couple of weeks ago to bring him into Kansas City. I feel like I think that you can you can have a a, a world where Hardman and Tony coexist on the offense at the same time. Long term, Tony may be the replacement for Hardman, but I feel like especially if Juju misses some time, I think you can move some pieces around and I, I think that you can have both Hardman, assuming he's back shortly, and Tony on the field at the same time and have them both be effective. Also, the fact that I, I thought this was interesting. Of course, we, we talk about all these wide receivers, and all Travis Kelsey did again was lead all the all the receivers in receiving yards. Um, the Jaguars had some interesting plays where they left him uncovered over the middle. Didn't seem like that was really a smart play whatsoever for Jacksonville, uh, but they did that. So, of course, the fact that you have that safety valve in Travis Kelsey, that will always help to loosen up the other wide receivers. Yeah, it's it's the Kelsey show this year. I mean, there's no question about that. It, it is Kelsey's world and we're all just living in it because he looks incredible every week, every single week. I do want to know though, if Juju misses time, who takes that role on? Because Juju has a clearly defined role in this offense and that's to make, you know, be Kelsey's the go-to guy. Juju's the next closest thing to that, right? To that next option in the pass game when they need to pick up whatever it is and, if Juju misses any time, and that'll be interesting to see, that's the protocol stuff, it all gets very complicated, then somebody's going to have to step into that role. I don't know that anybody else they have on the team stylistically fits that other than Sky Moore, and I don't know if this is the spot he's going to step up. It's just not coming for him. So will they then utilize – because thinking about Tony and Hardman in the offense – would make me dizzy with all the motion and different things Andy Reid will do with those two guys. Uh, MVS isn't that guy either. MVS is not what Juju is. They're, they're the only guy that I know of on that roster right now that can fill that style of a role is Sky Moore. And I don't know if he's going to be there this year. So that'll be an interesting thing to watch as we move forward. We talked about the run game. It was there. That was nice. I'm with you. No idea what's going on with Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I hope they figure it out because I do think they're going to be in a spot where they need him um, and his versatility because he does provide just a little bit more versatility. Jarek McKinnon had like nine injuries on the injury report this week, but Isaiah Pacheco stepped up and took the bulk of the work. They need that more than anything is just a guy really back there. And Pacheco, I mean, he's fast and he's straight line fast. And, and I don't know how much of the other stuff he can do, but at the least he can keep you honest, but Better hold on to the ball, young man. <laughs> That's I thought the same thing you did when he fumbled. I was like, oh, he's done. Like, get he's gonna he's gonna be toast. But no, they stuck with him. So good for them. Uh, the Chiefs get the win, big win, comfortable-ish win, but they get it done. We'll come back. We'll talk a little college football. K State, KU. We'll start with the Cats right back in the driver's seat where they want to be. That's next on Sports Daily. on KFH.
can go lit for you. My middle school rock and roll band played this song. We were pretty awesome. Uh, busy night here on KFH. Here's what's on tap on the networks today. Six o'clock, you've got the Wichita State Coaches Show with Isaac Brown. You've got the Coaches Show with Keith Adams for women's basketball at seven. The Coaches Show with volleyball head coach Chris Lamb at eight. Monday Night Football moves over to KNSS. That's what's on tap here today on our family of networks. Uh, hey, Jake. Tommy. Yes, Chad. What was the name of that middle school band? Epic. Yeah. Epic. Okay. I was the drummer. <laughs> I was the drummer. We were fantastic. We were really, really cool. As awesome as you can imagine. That was us. You probably got all the girls in middle school, didn't you? We were around them. Whether I talked okay. to them or not is a different Fair story. Enough. Yes. Fair enough. Uh, I was the strong, silent type, as in I was terrified <laughs> of girls, didn't talk to them until, I don't know, I was probably like 19. Um, yeah. Uh, but, hey, we look good, and we sounded good, at least in our own eyes. K-State football. That There we go. That That was what I felt like could happen and should happen in that game. I just, I felt like K-State was just better than Baylor. And they are better than Baylor. And I do think K-State is the second best team in this league. Um, I think that what happened against Texas still makes me scratch my head because I still can't figure out how that's even possible that that happened in the first half of that game. So the good news is now they can cast it aside and control their own destiny. K-State, even before the Texas loss, was never going to play themselves into the CFP. It wasn't going to happen. So that's okay, right? It wasn't going to happen, so now you get into a situation where the Texas loss doesn't really matter because the goal doesn't change. The goal is to win a Big 12 title. And they're in the driver's seat. They're sitting there now uh, with a game in hand on Oklahoma State, a game in hand on Baylor with a one-game lead on both of them. So really, it's a two-game lead. Texas... They still have a one-game lead on, but they do not have the tiebreaker there. Texas still gets KU this weekend, and they get to host Baylor. So Texas, um, I mean, you know, they can, they'll be favorites in both of those games. So if you're Kansas State, you got to take care of your business. You got to get the wins on the road at West Virginia, which we know each and every week, we don't need to say it, is always difficult. I don't care what you think about West Virginia, going there to win is always hard. And then you're going to have an opportunity for Kansas to play major, 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 major spoiler potentially in that finale. So K-State, it's all there in front of you. K-State will also be favored in the two games that they have remaining on their schedule. I assume. I haven't looked at the line this weekend. But um, if West Virginia is favored there, hammer the money line. I don't think they will be. I think K-State will be favored. Um, That was really impressive. And you've got a situation now, Tommy. I don't know how much of a controversy there's going to be left. Here because it's going to be, I would assume, the Will Howard show as Adrian Martinez, whatever that is with his leg, he just can't get through it and it keeps nagging at him. And I would be willing to bet, and some of the things said afterward, I'm going to guess that it becomes the Will Howard show and Adrian Martinez becomes the safety valve, which again is a really nice place to be if you're a football program because I think Adrian Martinez will be bought into that. These two guys seem to get along great. And the Will Howard story. From what we saw last year, and even two years ago to some degree, but especially last year, to what we're seeing right now is as crazy a turnaround and development of a player as I can ever remember. And and Tommy, as I think about that, because I do, I'm like, God, I just cannot believe how much better he looks. Maybe that shouldn't surprise us. 
And I think we're going to start to see quarterbacks lining up to play in Manhattan because to a different degree, we saw the same thing with Skylar Thompson. The player Skylar Thompson was before he got some time in with Chris Kleiman and staff to last year when he had full time, that development into an NFL caliber player surprised me then too. So maybe it shouldn't surprise me that we've seen this with Will Howard now. And again, the quarterback whisperer strikes again. We should get super hyped about Avery Johnson and his long-term prospects. And and I think they're going to become a bit of a little quarterback you here because Kleiman just does it over and over again with these guys. And how many times have we talked about that with Chris Kleiman? I mean, that that that's kind of his reputation, right? He knows and it goes how to way work back. with quarterbacks. Goes a yeah. lot, goes all the way back to North Dakota State. He did it with Carson Wentz, uh, developed him and made him a an NFL draft pick. And you know, of course, you can say what you want about Carson Wentz now, uh, he was but an MVP there was a period of time. at one point. Yeah, right, I mean, absolutely. And and a lot of that development uh, came from Chris Kleiman in North Dakota State. So um, yeah, I mean, he absolutely knows how to develop quarterbacks. And the fact that Will Howard has been able to come in not just on one occasion, but on multiple occasions this season and not just look competent, but look uh, really good. That's a sigh of relief for Kansas State fans everywhere. Um, And there are multiple programs around the country that cannot say with any degree of certainty that if their starting quarterback goes down, that there's somebody else that can step in and be just as, if not, potentially even more effective than their starting quarterback in Manhattan at Kansas state. That's not the case. Will Howard has been able to not only step in and fill in, but he's been able to step in and lead this team to victories and keep them in the driver's seat in the big 12 title hunt. So, you know, again, you you want, you want to see Adrian Martinez fully healthy. Uh, They brought him into Manhattan for a reason, but if it does end up being the Will Howard show, for the rest of the season, you have to feel fairly confident with where this team is going. Well, and the thing I think you can do with Adrian Martinez, if this indeed happens like we think it will, and we'll have Tim Fitzgerald in Thursday to to give us his insight, but I, I think what it does is Adrian Martinez and the way he can run absolutely gives you the opportunity to not do a true two-quarterback system, but to bring him in for drives and packages to try and keep a defense on its heels. You know, if you've got Howard doing what he does, and Howard was efficient, right? 19 of 27, just under 200 yards, three touchdowns. But most importantly, and we wanted this out of Adrian Martinez before the year two, they're they're keeping defenses and playing well enough to allow Deuce Vaughn to to do his thing. And that's always going to be the most important thing for this offense, in my opinion. Now, Howard has become more than that, and Adrian Martinez became more than that. I do think there is a place for both of these guys to be able to play. First priority, though, is to get Adrian Martinez healthy. Um, If he can't run effectively because of whatever it is that's ailing him, you've got to, as much as you can, ice him until he can. Because if you can get back to that point, then you can have Howard play 65% of the game, right? Take 65% of the snaps. Let Adrian Martinez play some too and just leave that threat of the run in there. That's going to be hard for a defense to defend. And if you can figure out a way to do it where you don't where they come in and out within a drive, I mean that's that stuff works in college football. So these are all good things. And I, I love this for Will Howard. His teammates clearly love this guy. And He took a lot of heat, man, last year. And again, I've said this before. I think there are people like trying to 
throw out receipts on Will Howard stuff from last year, and I think that that's misplaced. Will Howard didn't play well last year. That's not like a that's not receipts. That's not bulletin board material. That's tangibly what happened, right? He just he did not play well last year. Now this year he's playing really well, and let's just be happy for the guy because it was never like a personal issue with Will Howard. God, he handled it well, but now. He looks like if you watch him play and you see his body type, Will Howard has a really big opportunity here to make himself a quarterback that plays on Sundays. He'll probably get the starts the rest of the way if he stays healthy. My guess is he would come back next year and be the unquestioned starter with a chance to really show his skills for the NFL. He's huge, right? Like he has some of the things NFL teams want. Now with Clay, now he can work on those things and you know there won't be any controversy. If Will Howard comes back, Tommy, I mean, I don't think there's any question he's going to be the starter next year. As amazing as Avery Johnson looks, and he does, just watch his high school highlights. We say it all the time. Never seen a high school player throw the ball, Adrian, or, or the way that Avery Johnson throws the ball. Never. And he's an incredible athlete and really, really fast. That's fine. Will Howard, if he comes back, is likely the starter all year next year, and it makes K-State an instant contender in the Big 12 again next year as well. My instant gut reaction when you say that Will Howard could play football on Sunday. Isn't that crazy? Be, you know, it, it'd be, I'd be like, hey, let's pump the brakes a little bit on Will Howard, except for the fact that there is history with Chris Kleiman quarterbacks yes. going to the next level. Skyler Last Thompson year. is with the yeah. Dolphins right now. And I would have never, ever, ever thought that Skyler Thompson would be an NFL caliber quarterback. Uh, but he's there and he's on a roster right now. So I guess anything is possible. And yeah, if that development continues, for Will Howard from last year to this year and then next year, you never know. Never say never. I'm going to pump the brakes a little bit on it, but hey, I would say that if the development continues, then yeah, you, you never know what could happen there. I think I want to go back to the Baylor game just in general on Saturday. We talk about the quarterback, right? We talk about Will Howard, talk about what's going on long term there. And that's great and absolutely worthy of discussion. But probably what's even more worthy of discussion discussion is the fact that Kansas State held Baylor to three points. And that was, without a doubt, one of the more dominant defensive performances that we've seen from Kansas State in a long time. Clearly, and this might be the understatement of the year, clearly they focused and doubled down on stopping the run after what B. John Robinson did to them a week ago against Texas. They held Richard Reese, who is one of the most talented freshmen in the country, to 54 yards rushing on nine carries. Craig Williams, he only rushed for 17 yards. He's a great running back, too. Baylor is a, was a top-five running team in the Big 12 and Kansas State, all they did was just really sell out to stop the run. Of course, they also were able to get Blake Shapin to throw two interceptions in that game. That was a great defensive performance from Kansas State. It was a great win, yes. I. It's just, this is, they did that in the Texas game. They did that in the second half of the Texas game, right? Robinson torched them in the first half. And in the second half, they came in and stopped it. That's what makes me so... I don't know if it makes me angry, but it kind of makes me angry the way that first half went down against Texas because it just didn't make any sense, right? They knew what Texas was going to do, and Texas did it anyway. They haven't let anybody do that to them all year, and they haven't in the second half of that game now. We see you know, we see them solve it. So whatever that was was just annoying, but TCU took care of business, and now K-State doesn't matter anymore. They've got a tough road game that they've got to go win, 
and then they get Kansas, and they're right back in control. And Tommy, but look, I'll ask I, you. I had, I had concerns. We talked about it last week. I had concerns overall about the defense because, yeah, we saw what they did in the second half against Texas. Right. And of course, we saw what they did in the first half against Texas. And so my my question was, can they sustain an elite defensive effort for an entire game long term? They absolutely answer that question against Baylor. Well, and and it shows us that, that the first half against Texas was the aberration, right? Because yeah. 90% of the time this year, that defense has been one of, if not the best in the Big 12. Uh, so, I mean, it, it, I, I think that that's still the case. I thought that, or they wouldn't have been able to correct it against Texas. So either way, they're right back in the driver's seat. They're right back where they want to be. They will be the favorite the rest of the way in the games they play. And listen, if we're sitting right here, right now, neutral field against TCU with a healthy quarterback, if you can get it. I'm not sure how much, if at all, better TCU is than Kansas State. And I like TCU. I was all over them this weekend. I thought that was an egregious line to favor Texas by seven points. Um, I'm not sure that TCU is. And if they are better than Kansas State, because they beat them, it's not by much. You put them on a neutral field, I'll take my shot if I'm K-State. you got to get there first. But, man, there's a decent chance that K-State could win a Big 12 title. It would be uh, an incredible game to watch. TCU, for being 10-0, they've been consistently underrated as this year has gone on. I know that's hard to believe, considering they're, what, fourth in the country and they're in the CFP. But the fact that they were underdogs against Texas and they're undefeated uh, was crazy to me. And they've been questioned throughout the course of the entire season. But the way K-State is playing defense right now, and if Will Howard continues with what he's been able to do, Man, that would be an incredible game for the Big 12 Championship. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I'm getting excited about that. I'm getting excited thinking about it. Not quite as exciting for KU this weekend. We'll talk about that when we return on Sports Daily. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back. Rick asks on Twitter, should Colin Klein get some credit for Howard's success and good play calling? Absolutely. I think Colin Klein should get some credit as well for the development of Adrian Martinez throughout this season. I don't know the intricacies of what happens within that coaching staff, but yes, I absolutely think Klein deserves some of the credit, and this is a great development because if Kleiman ultimately ever decides to go, Klein is, I think solidifying his status as the likely replacement if that happened um and if not a developing coordinator which is the best case scenario right to get a little more time of this but yeah colin klein's got something to do with it for sure he's the oc i don't think there's any doubt about it and probably had something to do with skylar thompson too but chris kleiman's got a long history of this so um it's a great situation and again why it may become a little quarterback you there uh, as far as getting players to come in there. You have lots of examples to show them. KU, Tommy, uh, still no Jalen Daniels, right? Not uh, we're, we're still waiting. I don't know what what's going to happen there, but it was the Bean Show, and he was pretty good. He was fine. It was Devin Neal's best game of the year, I thought. He looked fantastic, but it wasn't enough um, against Texas Tech. Tech wins it by 15 I, I thought that there were opportunities for KU in that game. And, and I will qualify this one as disappointing, Tommy, because I thought they had chances to win that game. Their defense at times um, looked better in the second half, and then it just sort of fell apart on them in the fourth quarter. So I think with the standard raising of KU, I think that qualifies as a disappointing loss yesterday, or on Saturday, don't you? Well, yeah, they've got to stop falling behind early in games. That has been the trademark of this Jayhawks team throughout the entire season. Now, to their credit, they've typically been able to claw back and, and they've been able to grab some wins after falling behind. Um, but it's like a, a broken record every game, it seems like. They're falling behind by at least a touchdown, sometimes more. They fell behind 17-7 to in the first quarter against Texas Tech. And when you've got um, an offense kind of like what Texas Tech does, that air raid offense where they're airing the ball out left and right, it makes it hard to come back. And so that's got to be the next step in the development of this Jayhawks program is making sure that you can start games strong. Now, to their credit, they did that a week ago against Oklahoma State. They jumped out to a lead early. But a lot of these games, they've fallen behind and then they have to kind of claw their way back. Um, that's not a recipe for long-term success. And I would imagine that's something that Coach Leipold is going to want to address and improve upon as this season rolls on and then, of course, into next season. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it absolutely will. They they have to be able to start a game stronger. This This comeback thing is fun and cute early on. Now, when you see the potential of this team and how good it can be, it's kind of just frustrating, right? Like, it's no longer... Like, oh, darn it, they got behind again. Well, watch out because they always come back in these games. Yeah. Or it, why don't we not fall behind early in a game, right? right. Like, I mean, I guess it's, it's definitely that narrative has changed. 
And look, we're, we're 10 games into the season. We know who this team is. We know they've got the offensive firepower to hang with just about anybody. We know that. We also know that the defense has a hard time uh, from start to finish. Like they, They're opportunistic. They can get takeaways. Uh, but they're not a lockdown defense for four quarters. And then I think we also know that at least the kicking game, special teams in general, is not a strength of this Jayhawks squad. Jacob Orchilla missed both of his field goal opportunities uh, on Saturday night. And so that's got to be something that's shored up as well. Um, but we know that if they can put points up on the board and hang around defensively, that's going to be the best chance that the Jayhawks have to win. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I can't figure out their defense, Tommy. I, I can't figure out... Um what this defense is. I'm having a hard time with this defense. I don't think it's very good, but I think sometimes it flashes enough that we're like, it, it, it could definitely be better, right? It's just not consistent for four quarters. Yeah, and that's what makes it a little bit confusing because you see at times, you can see what it can be, and maybe it's just efficiencies on that side of the ball that make it inconsistent. I think that's absolutely possible, obviously. Um, but but I think that it's it's a good thing to want more out of it because that means the expectation's high. Now you get a game in Lawrence, very likely the last home game. Oh, it is the last home game people will be able to see against Texas. I would expect we're going to have a pretty crazy atmosphere there because Kansas has an opportunity here. Now, stopping B. John Robinson, uh... Have fun. I bet DCU did it. K-State did it for a half, but KU's probably going to have to score some points to be able to beat Texas. I'm excited about it. Hey, wild things happen, though, when KU yeah. plays Texas. So I know we'll get into it more as the week goes on. Um, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right, that one's this weekend. We're going to switch gears a little bit. Jolte Lamerno of the Wichita Thunder uh, will join us at the top of the hour here coming up next, and then we'll get into Shocker fans, what happened on Saturday. Buckle your seatbelts for that. 869-1240 is the number to call. Sports Daily returns after this. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.